Welcome to the Agency X podcast. My name is John. Uh, I'm the founder of Avix. I'm joined by David, our e-commerce strategist. Today we are talking about Shopify, out-of-the-box functionality, uh, Shopify apps, and we even touched on headless commerce. Really looking forward to it. Uh, hey everyone, welcome back to the Agency X podcast. Today we're here to talk about Shopify functionality and uh, and Shopify apps. Uh, I guess first, before we kind of get into that, going over the Shopify app store a little bit and why it exists, because I would say a common thing that a lot of merchants say and have told us is that the out-of-the-box functionality for Shopify is quote unquote, limiting compared to a lot of other platforms out there. John, I don't know if you want to weigh your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's it's limiting completely when it comes to every platform is going to have its limitations, right? Um, Shopify does come with most, if not all of the core important functionality to be able to manage content, transact online, deal with shipping, deal with taxes, uh, checkouts, payments, et cetera. Uh, but it's, it's just because it comes with that functionality doesn't mean it's going to be right for your business. You know, so there's add-ons, uh, Shopify apps that are, that's going to enhance that functionality. However, there are some things that I wish Shopify did have, uh, things like pre-order and pre-sale that, other platforms do have that uh, built in. I, I think some of the, or even swatches, which I know has to be kind of, you have to either use an app or, or you have to do some custom development for it. Uh, there are some some things that should be built in, um, but I believe Shopify may have a good reason for some of those. Maybe that functionality would, I don't know, maybe they don't have a good reason oh. for it, but I, I'm sure they've thought about it. Um, so yeah, there, there is a lot of out-of-the-box out of functionality. Um, but even, even so, you may not want to use all of that functionality. You may need to enhance that. Um, so there, there definitely are some quote-unquote limitations uh, that some of those Shopify apps uh, can help solve. Yeah, but I'd say one thing, you know, you could have a platform. Um, I've used uh, like, you know, uh, WooCommerce sites before, and those would have like a bunch of included functionality to it that kind of worked, but not really setting them up was janky. Uh, but for Shopify, all their features, you know, all their out of the box features do work. I think that might be one reason why they don't roll things like a lot of things out is because they take a lot of time to build. And whenever they do roll out a major update for functionality, functionality. The newest one was like, I think sections, if that's even out yet. Um, I, yeah, no, it, nah. it, take, it takes a while. That's the thing. I don't know. It's hard to keep up with, but they always work as intended. You don't really run into many problems like you do on some other platforms, which have a ton of features, but may not always work. It's kind of a, a gamble, but you're right in that there are, you know, there is the Shopify app store and, you know, even our company, you know, we're a, web dev agency you know we have our own developers who kind of build out sites but even we kind of use apps for certain features and and functionality and just kind of getting into you know you know when does it make sense for a merchant to go with a feature 
through an app or make the investment to get it custom, you know, built? What are, what are some of those considerations, use cases and, yeah. uh, you know, ROIs on that? Yeah. So it's, it's heavily going to depend on the type of merchant and where they are with their business, because um, it's very different between someone who's using Shopify as a small business. So let's just say you've, just launched your brand, you're starting to grow it. Um, you're not at the point where you're doing seven figures, eight figures or above. Uh, so you're not a very large brand. It might be a small business or maybe it's a side hustle that you're doing. That's where you're going to uh, benefit from Shopify apps the most. So little functionality like certain pop-ups or upsells or cross-sells or um, bundling and all of these features that you know you would have to hire a developer for, you're going to see a much better return on investment by not investing thousands of dollars into custom development and utilizing some of these pre-built apps because it's functional functionality that you require um, and there's nothing wrong with using an app. However, an excessive amount of apps and, and some apps depending on who developed them can have a negative impact and they could also conflict. So some of them might inject JavaScript or code that you're not aware of. However, still, you know, as a small business, you, it's going to be a much lower risk and lower investment. Uh, but even then, even with those apps, you may still need a developer to be able to help out and customize it or activate it and, and, and configure it. For larger companies, I definitely wouldn't advise on using apps for core business functionality or anything that you need to, uh, that's going to have a front-facing view, anything that uh, if it breaks or if, it, if the developers can't support it, that it's going to uh, affect your business. So for example, for one of our fashion clients, we needed to, uh, they wanted to have a custom, uh, a way to be able to customize their product, meaning you can choose the, the trim of a hat and, and the lettering on it. Uh, and this is core to their business. It was a very um, big part of their business. However, they did not have the budget to be able to do it custom. And we advised against that because, um, because of the apps that were available, uh, they were a little, they didn't do everything that they needed. So we needed to kind of customize them a bit. We did that, and then months after it launched, the developers stopped supporting it. Something happened, there was bugs, or they made an update, and they couldn't support it anymore. Uh, it might have even been taken off of the App Store, I'm not certain. But this broke that functionality, and we needed to go back and then rebuild it again. So things, depending on where you are in the, with, with your business, um, it may be the right choice for you to use apps. Uh, but then again, there might be situations, especially for larger companies, that you're not going to want to rely on some of those apps for core functionality. Uh, and there's also different levels of these apps. Some of them are a lot more expensive. Some of them are done by larger companies like Bold, a partner of ours. They create really great apps that have great functionality. And, you know, there's no need to, um, unless it's vastly different, but there's no need to create another bundles functionality if that exists or subscriptions. You know, you're going to go with recharge or for bold uh, for subscriptions. So, uh, some a lot of those bigger players in in the Shopify app development world, you know, it makes sense to use that functionality even as a very large company uh, and even for business critical functionality. Uh, but when it comes to some of the smaller things and things that that your business relies on and it, 
and if, if it's not an app that has a reputable history of launching quality Shopify apps, you may want to consider custom development on it. Uh, but at the end of the day, the answer is it's going to depend on your business. For sure. And I think one thing though, that, and it's kind of a two-way street because both is, both are true for uh, both in that uh, the level of control over configuration and content on things, you know, sometimes with apps, you have more control over different things than with custom development. You may have more control over something else, but, you know, to actually edit it, you need to use a developer for, as you mentioned, you know, like you can do anything yeah. you want with this, but you need to have a developer tweak it. And I feel like that's where apps can come in and that, you know, Sure. From like the front facing side or like the UI, uh, let's say you're installing recharge or bolt subscriptions on your site to actually configure it to kind of look a little bit more nice and branded to your site. You'll need to use a developer for that. But if you're trying to change a setting for, you know, what to offer in a subscription or the pricing of it, you do that all through the back end. And that's a huge value that apps can add is a back end, very like, you know, easy to use back end where with some custom functionality, even if you do get to control it, I know we use custom fields for a lot of different features. It's still mm -hmm. kind of hard to sometimes communicate what fields do what and how to come across with that. But as far as one of the features that I think we get, we do on almost every build we're a part of, and it's always a point of contention of why doesn't Shopify have this is collection filtering. Uh, collection yeah. filtering is probably one of the most staple, one of the staples of an e-commerce site. You know, you basically filter products by whatever attributes on a collection page. And it's something that a lot of platforms do include out of the box, but Shopify doesn't. They, you know, it just doesn't align with their product structure because they don't have anything like subcategories or, uh, you know, lists. It's just collection product. Uh, and, you know, We've, I don't know if we've ever built a custom uh, filter menu, but to my understanding, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you just want to use an app for that. The amount of time, yeah. the, the time and the cost and the complexity involved in do, building it, you know, custom. Sure, you may not be spending whatever that monthly cost is, but you're going to end up being, you're going to throwing a lot of money into something that might not work right because there's so many moving parts with it. Yeah. Um, I agree, especially with collection filters. It's, it's a very common request. And, and I would say that I, I compare it to Apple when it comes to them slowly introducing different apps over time to their, that are built natively into iOS. Uh, so in the beginning, you know, like some, some apps weren't available that are now available and it's about keeping things as minimal as possible. Uh, and I think that's where Shopify, where its strength and weakness is, is that they do want to keep things as minimal and as streamlined as possible and as easy to set up for smaller merchants. But companies that do need those advanced filters, there are apps for it. So I think that I agree with you. I think that that's something that should be a uh, custom or should be built in out of the box within Shopify. Um, and there are apps that do it very well. Findify is a good one. I know that there's a few other ones that do it um, very well. Um, but I, I do think that 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 is one. Same thing with swatches are, are very, very common that, to request. Maybe smaller merchants might not need it. And 
that's the reason why they haven't looped it in. I would love to be able to start seeing some of the that advanced functionality maybe on for Shopify Plus, uh, because they are tend to be larger merchants. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, Shopify wants to give you that core functionality to transact online and get your store up and running as fast as possible. Uh, and then looks to uh, agencies like ours that are going to either build it custom or uh, build it on the app store. Uh, once again, comparing it to Apple, there were a lot of apps for a while. Reminders wasn't initially on iOS. There were tons of apps for reminders and then they they, they looped that in. And then there were some other ones that uh, were, were available. So um, same thing with some of the other functionality that's built into Shopify, for example, like shipping rates and things like that. You know, some people use shipping right out of the box with Shopify and others use things like ShipStation. Uh, so there are there's definitely a benefit to having something that's more minimal that you can add those apps on to get more robust functionality. But I do agree that some of these core things should be on the platform. Maybe they're in the works. They haven't let us know, but uh, I do think that that uh, things like filters and swatches uh, should be built in or pre-order. Those are almost always requested. Uh, I would say every, especially pre-order, like an easy way to just have pre-order um, should be built into the platform. But I'm sure that they have a good reason for not doing that. Or maybe it's on their, their dev list to do, to implement I have a feeling they know what people like. They know what merchants like oh, ask they for. They <laughs> I'm sure. They they, I'm sure know. they've gotten every email about a collection filter, about single page yeah. checkouts, which uh, leads into card hook, which I think recently got like approved to be on the Shopify app store to kind of be like a, a checkout takeover for merchants. Um, I was talking about this to you a little bit earlier about Magic Spoon, their their checkout. It looks exactly like Shopify's checkout, but it's single page and it's being done through cart hook. I'm kind of uneasy about anything that really modifies the checkout like that, especially if, if you're a merchant who is using something else like order bump, which allows you to add upsells to the checkout page, like any modification to do to the checkout page you know, you're kind of risking ruining the the end funnel. Um, and that's why Shopify, yeah. rightfully so. I mean, that's actually, I guess, maybe a smart approach on Shopify's, uh, what, on Shopify, where, you know, they're like, look, we don't want you making our checkout a single page checkout. But if you want to offer an app that like does that, you, you can, yeah. which I think is probably the better approach. I think that's how it'll go in the future. I don't think Shopify will ever make it so that you can do any yeah. everything to it. I don't know how that performs. I really don't. Uh, from a personal preference, I don't really have a preference. I don't really care if it's single checkout or not. I don't know. I, I would I would say test it, you know, see how it works. I'm sure Shopify has tested it. That's the reason why they haven't gone with a single page checkout. I don't know what the benefits are for a multi-step checkout. And I don't know what the benefits are of a single page checkout. Uh, I would assume from a psychological side of things. If you see a small form in front of you, you're going to continue. And once you pass the first or second step, you're less likely to abandon it. Where if you see a longer form in front of you, you might be like, oh, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> that's or that's like, exactly it's too it. much work. You know, I would say that that that's likely it. And we often get the single page checkout request a lot. So customers will ask us, we want a single page checkout. Like what 
you know, why can't we do that? Or, you know, we advise against it because, you know, now, well, now there's apps, like you said, Cardhook that can do it. I don't know why, but merchants will request it without having much feedback or data behind it. Like, why are they requesting it? Do they just like it? Does it perform better? Does it perform worse? I think it's worth looking into. I, I don't have the answers for that, but I, I, you know, looking what Magic Spoon's doing, I'm sure they're testing it. And if they see a drop off, they're going to switch back. If they see an increase, they're going to just keep going with it. But it's definitely worth testing uh, to see what it does, uh, especially if it's low um, effort to be able to implement it. Like you said, if you're using an app and you don't have to do some drastic hacking to get it to work, I, I think it's worth trying it out and seeing what a single page checkout experience will be like for your customers. Yeah, and I would say, you know, just going back to the cart hook example, um, I the one thing for it, I don't know if it's like a setting that needs to be tweaked, haven't used many sites that are cart hook, but I couldn't like sign in anywhere. So I, you know, there it didn't have any of my information saved. Obviously Shopify does not save credit card information, but it'll save your address. It'll automate, it'll like, it'll often prompt you to be like, Hey, do you want to like, we'll send you like a text and you can fill in like your other information. And, mm -hmm. um, well, it does save it if you're using shop pay. Correct. Uh, that's what it's kind of turned, uh, into, mm -hmm. but you know, for repeat customers, it's kind of annoying because if I wanted to, you know, I, I would say for me, and I'm kind of, maybe I'm biased on this, but if I, I was going to buy something the other day, um, I was like tempted to do it. It was like, it wasn't very expensive and I was very curious about it. And the brand didn't use shop pay. So, or like mm. Amazon pay, they didn't use like anything. So I left because I just, uh, after doing shop pay, I can never go back. I I'm not even kidding about that. It's so really, wait, are you being serious? I, so like if they're not using shop pay, you might not check out i have to absolutely want like it's something i have to like absolutely want but if i'm like if i'm on the fence i don't want to type my information in manually like again i'll be i'm being really serious i'm you know i'm i hear you. i guess if, if you're on the fence i could see that because it's like a, yeah because otherwise it's like oh you know what all right i'll try it i'll click it i got nothing to lose but for this i, I prefer it i prefer it i i rather i rather use shop pay my, my, my stuff is saved but what helps me more is when like Google Chrome saves the information and it allows me to check out faster. Um, then I don't care as much, especially if it's a non Shopify store and I'm checking out as long as like Google Chrome saves that information. That's cool. And I don't know if you saw, but there's a new, um, a new company out called fast, which has been really interesting. Uh, I like it because it does bypass the checkout. I don't know if it's available on Shopify. I don't think it is. I know that they have a, a partnership with Big Commerce, and I think you could use it on Magento and some others. But um, what it basically does is allow you to have universal checkout. So it's kind of like ShopPay, but you can use it on multiple different platforms where you have your information saved and you could just like buy now and it saves your information, saves your address. I'm sure you could have profiles. So that's something that's really interesting that I've been looking into. I think the, uh, I'm not sure what the URL is, uh, but we could put the link in our description. I think it's like fast, um, I don't know, fast checkout, uh, fast.co. Uh, they say that they're a one-click, no password, the world's fastest checkout. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I don't know if Shopify is going to be happy about that or, or wants that on their platform or it will allow it. Uh, 
but other platforms are. I know they have a partnership, like I said, with Big Commerce, and I think with another one. I don't know what the other one is. You you talk about them like you talk about fast like they're like they're a sponsor of ours, but they're they're not. No, it's just funny because you had the whole like it linked in the description, and then you like gave a very corporate description of what like fast (laughs) is. Because you were because you were reading, you you were just reading directly from their site. So you were basically like, oh, like it's easy to use, like bypass checkout, a single sign up, use like promo code like John Abbott. Like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, we're definitely not sponsored by them. Um, But you know, it would be. Really cool if they if they did. <laughs> uh, we don't really have any sponsorships. This is our sponsor, Avix, and I do have my. They're not a sponsor, but I do have my Yapo coffee <laughs> that they hooked me up with. Uh, that I just enjoyed some good coffee come, come. from. Oh, from FD. What was it? Oh, FDC Fire Department Coffee. They're not a sponsor. I'm, we're just hooking everyone up today, <laughs> but they're not a sponsor of us either. But um, I've been talking to the founder online, and he sent me some good coffee, and it's really amazing. It's bourbon infused, which. I, I I'll hook you up with some data. <laughs> I pre- I appreciate that. Yeah, I got really nothing to to plug. I do have this like nice Slack coaster that I got from oh. Slack, but I don't think I don't oh. think they need the help. Um, no, they don't. <laughs> They're a publicly traded company now. They do not need the help. Everyone in business um, is is probably uh, has probably used them, but to kind of get <laughs> uh, to kind of get back on track. Um, so to go over really quickly, you know, what are the the use better use cases for one versus Mm-hmm. The other, it's, you know, filters definitely use a, an app. Uh, pre-order, um, pre-order, anything that really connects with like product data, that should be an an app. But some other things, some like cosmetic features or some, you know, uh, some motivating conversion-driven features like a progress bar. If you're at a certain point, if your company's like, a, you know, doing pretty good business, you, you could get custom dev to make a progress bar that, you know, it's like, oh, like add X more for like free shipping. You could, you could kind of custom dev that. You can buy like progress bar app for like 10 bucks a month, yeah. but you're for something like that. And you also have to think about the ROI of what the app is going to give you. Because I've seen some things on the app store where it's like something stupid or it's like for 10 bucks a month, put like a trust badge on in your, like your PDP or put like a, for like, for like five bucks a month, put a, like a, a lock in your checkout button. Make more. Uh, there's like, you know, there's no reason yeah. to use like an app or an app for like those things, but they exist for merchants who kind of would need it. But at a certain point, you're not yeah, going to think- from it. No, exactly. And I think when you're, a, it depends on the size of your business. Once again, like if you're an enterprise company, it might, um, to get approvals on like a $10 app sometimes, or like go through compliance, like with these larger companies, some of these things have to go through compliance testing. It might be just better to just do a custom. Uh, but again, it depends. I think there's a lot of really great apps out there uh, that can help save a lot of time. It uh, really depends. And the best thing to do is look to your agency, look to your developers to kind of advise on that. And we always do um, if we should do a custom or use an app, especially if the um, merchant is going to be very protective of their brand and protective of the functionality and things like that. They might um, they might require it to be a bit more custom and not take a chance with an app. 
So what are some use cases for uh, like a brand who actually reached out to a development group to build a custom app for them? Uh, I know we get a lot of requests for that. We're not app builders, so we generally don't handle that. But do you know much about that? Uh, sure. I mean, we can if it depends. It's going to depend on what they're requesting, what the budget is. Uh, you know, we, we can build private apps. We've never built custom public apps that are sold on the store. Uh, but we have built some private apps for uh, merchants. And it's going to depend. You know, I think depending on the functionality of the of that they're requesting, it it, it may make sense to build a custom app, you know, rather than, you know, something that's built into the theme, something that could be reusable, something that could be, um, you know, hosted elsewhere or, or something like that. But that also leads into, you know, if there's a lot of that happening, you know, and depending on the merchant size, maybe it's the right choice to go headless. And I was having this conversation actually in some LinkedIn comments the other day about, you know, what's better headless or not headless and what are the benefits. And um, I don't have the response right in front of me, but I'll kind of uh, kind of go through it and, and do my best. Um, but it depends, you know, that would be the, the short answer. The long answer is they're completely two different investments, whether you're going, whether you're using an app or whether you're building custom app, or if you're even going headless, it's the same thing. It's, it's not like one is better than the other. Um, it's a completely different investment. So headless uh, is going to sacrifice, or even for that case, maybe even using a custom development or using a custom app, but let's just use headless for the example. When you go headless, you're sacrificing the simplicity of the back end of Shopify. So being able to connect your apps or being able to use the CMS or being able to basically use most of Shopify plus outside of the um, Launchpad and outside of uh, Flow, which I think is still works with Headless in, in a way. Um, so you're sacrificing that simplicity of the back end for a better customer experience, for a faster loading progressive web application, something that's built with React or another coding language. So you're sacrificing that simplicity for your customers so that they have a better customer experience. And in many cases, um, for larger merchants who might be doing 10 million plus or something like that, that increase in conversions will likely, most likely have a positive impact on your investment. So you should see a return on investment, but not always. Uh, now, if your organization uh, prioritizes and sees value in the ecosystem of Shopify, meaning the backend, the CMS, the inventory management portion of it, being able to have apps that plug and play. If you see benefits there and it's easier on your organization, then maybe headless is not the right choice for you. Or maybe creating custom apps are, is not the right choice. And maybe you need to be using more of that out of the box functionality. Uh, it depends on the size of your business. Uh, so it, it, it's really going to have two different investments. And it's almost like it's not a fair comparison because in both cases, you could provide a great customer experience. It depends on the back office side of things more than anything. So everyone talks about headless and apps and, you know, you know, especially headless being so popular right now. And now merchants are asking for it more and more when I think a lot of merchants might not be on it because there's a lot of overhead costs and you need to be able to really max out the theming 
the Shopify themes before you consider headless. So if you're doing one, two, three million in sales, it's probably not the best approach yet. It's going, and you're going to need to make some hires. You're going to, it's more ongoing costs. Unless your business absolutely relies on it, it might not, it's probably not the best approach. If you're in that 10 million mark, you, you should strongly consider it. 10 million and above, you know, doing eight figures. It, it, it's something that you should really start considering to see what it would be like and what that increased because it is dramatically different when you, for page low speed. Uh, but there's also a lot of things to consider when it comes to SEO and, and how Google reads it. And there's a lot up in the air about it. It's so very new, uh, but it is definitely something that we've been exploring a lot more with a lot of our merchants. Yeah. And I know with Shogun Frontend, they actually have do a really good job at with like app integrations and even for other things like for yeah. like Google Analytics and, and Hotjar, they have these uh, like special integrations for these various things that other headless platforms sometimes have issues with, which is nice because I think, you know, the benefits that you get from headless, a lot of people don't think about what actually goes into getting it to that point. And you made a really uh, great observation about the, how even like a company's team needs to expand. Cause if you're making like, you know, even if let's say you were making like $10 million a year from your business, but your business is only like 10 people large, you, you may need, you'll probably need more people if you want to actually in, well, get involved in and headless, which is like the crazy thing, not to mention the costs itself, because Shopify Plus is what, like two two grand a month. I know they don't like publicly reveal what it is, but, starts it's, at two grand yeah, but it starts month. there. I'm no, they started listing it on their on their pricing page. They have a pricing page now that came out a couple months ago. It starts at 2K per month. And then I think depending on your volume, it, it, it increases uh, depending on what you're doing it then then becomes like a percentage or something and then there's some transaction fees so uh that and then yeah you're right the aws becomes expensive and then if you're using shogun front end that's another thing and then then uh nacelle is another company we've been looking into and speaking with that we're really interested in their product and it depends there's there's space for everyone uh in headless and there's a definitely a, a use case for for all of those different products that are coming out but yeah you're right it definitely adds to the overhead uh costs when you start to go that route yeah actually i forgot about that wait so if you're going to headless right you're paying for like obviously the headless platform but you also have to pay for like shopify plus assuming you're on that right mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah, not even yeah. so uh, it's funny how the conversation sometimes and i know this 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 isn't about headless so this is my last point on it but it's funny how a lot of people will frame the conversation of, uh, like, do you just use regular like Shopify Plus or do you use Shopify Plus with like headless? It's not really a traditional like one versus the other. It's either one versus versus using both because you have to use both. Yeah. So it's almost like should I Basically. add should I add this thing on or should I not? Yeah. Um. It, it, yeah. The, the the cost definitely dramatically increase, and especially if you're a brand that is just starting out. Uh, or you're on Shopify core. Uh, so now you're not talking about jumping up to $2,000 a month. You're jumping up to co- to $2,000 plus whatever those hosting, CDN, AWS fees are, or if you're using something like Shogun Frontend or Nacelle, um, you know, I don't want to reveal their pricing, but you know, it definitely has, it's, it's a much larger investment. So now you're talking about likely spending $60,000, $70,000 a year on your infrastructure. So, and that we could have a deeper discussion oh, yeah, about headless, but you know, 
I, I will say this is that some people feel, and I think, uh, so Matt Mullenweg from WordPress, I think mentioned this and I agree a little bit. I don't know exactly what he said. I have to look back into it. <laughs> I but, agree with what he uh, said, he but made, I don't know what he said. No, no, I don't know exactly. <laughs> his. I know what his stance was, but he had made mention that headless is a huge step back in, in the web. Uh, and I, I, I'm, kind of interpretating that i i get i, I kind of I agree believe. with that you know i i, I, I get where I he's going too. i get where he's going with that so yes so to explain that um things like wordpress and shopify and big commerce and all of these platforms that are out they've been trying to take steps towards simplicity towards cloud-based towards um all-in-one infrastructures towards just making it as simple as possible Headless takes a step back to saying, whoa, well, yeah, we're, it's going to be a lot more. You could do a lot more features. You could do a lot more of it, but it's insanely more complex. So now we're going back towards saying, well, you need this hosting and this setup. It has to integrate here and using APIs. So it, it, it's making, it, it is the antithesis, antithesis of what Shopify Plus is. So Shopify Plus talks about speed to launch. Shopify Plus talks about, so does BigCommerce and so do all these at Magento and all these speed to launch, being able to deploy things rapidly, being able to have everything in one place and all in one commerce solution. And then like you talk about like companies like Yachtpo and all in one marketing solution with Klaviyo, same thing, all in one, SMS, email, things like that. It takes a huge step back because now you need tons of different things and the the your infrastructure becomes more complex. So I do think the technology and the byproduct is in the right direction, but the setup and how we're going about it right now is everyone's just working with what they have. And there's it's going to be interesting to see either the platforms or third parties who make it more affordable and easier in the future. So I can imagine a world where the platforms are rolling out a version that is headless, like something that is just as easy to set up as Shopify or Shopify Plus and just as affordable, but it's headless. Because right now there's still complexities. There's companies like Shogun Frontend and Nacelle that are making it a lot easier. But I could imagine the platform stepping in and realizing, well, maybe we need to create a headless version, or maybe a company s steps in and, and, and is able to create a much easier way to spin this up. Uh, so I can imagine that happening. So right now I see it being a step back, but I think where it's going to go in the future, it's going to get much easier where you could sign up for an account and you have a headless website. And I think the who, know how I, exactly think, I think the who to that's yeah. really important too, because it's, is it, is, is it like a step back in the grander scheme of things based on where all, all of this has been heading? Yeah, I do see where he's coming from, but it is a move forward for larger companies. You know, I mean, I, Staples Canada, they, they didn't do headless, but they're on, at least I don't think so, but they're on Shopify plus, you know, that's a giant mm -hmm. brand. You've heard of Staples, right? Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I I never know if like Staples is like a New Jersey regional thing or if it's like national. I don't know. I'm I mean I'm in Brooklyn. I'm not that far. From <laughs> that's that's fair. But um, you know they're like a giant enterprise company and they made the move to Shopify Plus from whatever their platform is on. I mean we also launched Simmons. They're like a huge enterprise. 
you know, client. And so an enterprise company. And so I think maybe for like some enterprise brands who are wary of platforms because, you know, for obvious reasons, um, uh, I'd say the gap, the gap isn't going to go to, isn't going to go to like WooCommerce. They would never do that. Like ever. Um, Probably not. No, you know, I'm not trying to knock uh, WooCommerce. It's just, I just don't see that happening. Like they're not going to make a switch from their custom platform to, to that. But, but I could see them going to using a headless solution. Um, maybe it's with Shopify, maybe it's with some other thing, but I could see headless being a good gateway for that because what it does give is content control because, you know, these people, mm-hmm. they have, they're plagued with these problems too. I mean, all these, one of the biggest uh, complaints you get from e-com managers of enterprise level brands is that updating content is a nightmare. You have to shut down the store like overnight, only developers can like upload things. The, there's really like a bare bones CDN if there even is one. And Headless might be the way forward to bring some of these larger brands onto this platform. Is it the way forward for everyone or is it, oh, yeah. is it a step forward for everyone? No. But similar like apps and custom development, they're there for a reason. If you're a smaller brand, you'll be more reliant on certain apps. If you're making, if you're you know doing good business and you've got the money to spend, there are certain apps that you shouldn't be, there are certain like apps that uh, you shouldn't be getting and shouldn't be paying monthly for a certain functionality. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. There's, uh, if these platforms, all of them want to attract these big merchants, they're going to have to be flexible when it comes to headless. And that might be the way that they get on there. The question then becomes, what do these platforms compete on if you're using them solely for checkout? So then now these platforms are competing on the speed of their API, that's what they're competing on because you know, the speed and quality of their API, how well-written is their API, how documented is it, how fast it is. Because if you're, if you're using a separate CMS, a separate inventory management system, uh, separate hosting, and the only thing you're using um, these platforms for are checkout, you know, what are you paying for? So you need to be able to um, you, you know, and you have to, you're essentially retooling all of them because you have to create all this functionality. You have to create the content types. You have to go through content modeling. It's a much larger investment. Um, and it, and it, it does become a little tricky for the platforms because now you have to make sure that the API is better than the competitor's API and you're not competing on some other features. Uh, so it's definitely something to think about whether you're a merchant or um, even the developers or when you, if you're an agency and you're advising your merchants, might not be their own, the right approach. Like we're currently working on a project right now for a fairly large fashion brand that went headless. It was built using React and it just didn't work well. Like it was, it, it was fast, but there was a lot of problems with it and the merchant could not update it. So they hired us because we built another one of their their brand stores. They hired us to retool it and build it on Shopify because it just headless wasn't working out for them. They, it was much harder for them to update. So sometimes you make that large investment and you might have to go backwards. <laughs> so it really, you know, it, uh, you have to be sure uh, that you And when we asked them why it was built that way, they said that the, their developers built it that way and they didn't really know why. So as an agency or as a developer, you need to make sure that you're not just doing the coolest stuff that's out there. You have to advise your your merchants, advise your clients on the best approach for their business. And that is really important. Understanding the business side, 
that's something I know we're going off on a little tangent, <laughs> but that's something I feel like drastically changed our agency when we, you know, of course we still focus on creative and developing and designing cool stuff. But when we started to have more conversations about how is this impacting your business? What's the conversion rates going to be like? What are your, what are your financials going to look like in the future? Do you have the team to support this? When we start having those conversations, that's when, that's why our merchants come to us because they know that we care about their business and we don't care as I wouldn't say we don't care, <laughs> but we, we, we care about their business and just as much as we care about how cool the site looks and how well designed it is. And um, if we're using the, the coolest technology, all of those things play a huge part in the success of uh, a project and success of a brand. Oh, sure. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to sacrifice a client's business just to make something like really cool. Um, it's something, things are like really cool if they help, if, you know, if they help a brand's business or if they kind of solve those problems really well which is i think the perspective yeah. we take i mean but yeah um yeah, yeah. i think with that um i think we can kind of end it here but want to thank everyone sure. who who listened uh we're trying to put these out a little bit more on a frequent schedule so hopefully you'll be getting notifications for for these if you subscribe to a platform that does that a little more often than you have been yeah, hopefully. Uh, but we've been doing some other stuff too. So uh, we're, we just finished a webinar with um, Yachtpo and Bold on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh, we have that recorded video. I'm going to be uploading that. should be available on YouTube. Uh, also, I think we're going to start pu publishing these blog, these uh, podcasts on YouTube as well. Uh, so this was the first time I think we're doing, or last time, I think we did video, but this is the, the first time we're using Zoom for it instead of another setup. So I think we're going to be publishing these on YouTube, which is uh, which I'm excited about getting this content out there more on YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, and of course, everywhere that you subscribe to podcasts, it will be available. Um, that's all, all we have for today. All right. Until next yep. time. Bye. Take care.